you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to take them and turn in the Old Testament, the sixth book in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua. Joshua chapter 3, and we'll be looking at this passage of Scripture. I am a general superintendent in Church of Nazarene, and as a result of that, uh, Sharon and I have had the wonderful privilege these last 12 years of of traveling to new territories in our lives. I never anticipated that. I was happy being a pastor at College Church in Olathe, Kansas uh, when I was elected. And I didn't desire that, but felt obedient to what God had called me to do. And since that time, we visited 107 different countries. We've had a lot of adventures. We had the privilege of going on safari in Kenya. We stayed in a bamboo hut in Ethiopia. Uh, we had bucket baths in Ghana. Some of you know how to take a bucket bath. I did not, but I quickly learned that if in the shower there was a five-gallon bucket, that meant you filled that up with water because the next morning you might not have any water. And so we learned to do a bucket bath. We took an 18-hour bus trip in Peru after we had flown all night from the United States to get there to Peru. We crossed the Andes Mountains on a lane and a half dirt road, holding our breath some of the time <laughs> with three to 4,000 foot drop-offs, but there was comfort because they had graciously stacked up dirt about this high on the side of the road, just in case. And it didn't help me any to look down and see buses down there at the bottom. But we've had a lot of adventures. We've been blessed over these last 12 years with 12 grandchildren. That's an adventure. <laughs> we were just with nine of the 12 this last week, and it is an adventure daily and hourly with those 12. Not only have we had physical adventures, but we've also had some wonderful spiritual adventures as well. To see what God is doing in the world to see how he's blessing the Church of the Nazarene. I was in Pakistan last January and had the privilege of being at the first district assembly in Pakistan. I ordained 21 elders. As that place was literally packed, they didn't even have room for their knees hardly with eight to 900 delegates at that first district assembly in a country that is very small percentage Christians. And yet God is doing the work there. I had the privilege of ordaining the first elders in Senegal, Burkina Faso, Sierra Leone. And it has been a tremendous adventure for us. But I guess all of us in our own lives, in our own ways, we, we live in ventures. We move down corridors of significant change. We move into new territories, and as individuals and as a church, and especially during the last year and a half, we've experienced something that none of us had ever experienced before with this pandemic, this COVID, where we've been introduced to new things like wearing masks and washing our hands constantly and shutdowns and staying at home and not going to work but doing a lot of our work now on something that I'd never used until the pandemic, and that's called Zoom Zoom. We spend a lot of times with Zoom. I told the assembly that I had met with your district advisory board from this district, and it's really 
it's odd almost that you see someone on a little box and you see their head and then you meet them in person and it's, it's, it's kind of weird. You say, yeah, that's you, isn't it? With the body and everything. <laughs> but we've been introduced to some new things during these times. And from Joshua chapter three, from God's word, he gives us three things to consider as we move down these corridors of significant change, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's in this church's life, or whether it's through your extended family, we all move into different times of our lives. And we want to see what God has to say to us this morning. We see beginning in chapter three, beginning in verse one, if you will look with me there, we see the announcement that is made to Joshua. It says in verse 1, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, that's the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Now watch, look at verse 4. And then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Every day is a new adventure, isn't it? None of us have lived tomorrow yet. We don't know what tomorrow will hold. And that was true for the Jewish people. They had, had experienced some new territories in their lives. Egypt had been a new territory for them. Slavery had been a new territory for them. And then Moses led them out of Egypt and they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. That was a new experience for them, that wilderness experience. And now God brings them here and Joshua brings them to the edge of the bank of the Jordan River. They're ready to cross over into a new territory, the promised land. And God said to them, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. And all of us are moving into new territories, whether we realize it or not, some of those territories are pleasant. We've seen this yesterday, Jake being ordained, that's wonderful. A new baby coming into her home, that's new territory. Grandchildren for the first time, that's new territory. Graduating from college or high school, that's new territory. And some are very pleasant. But we also are aware that some of this new territory is painful. Losing your job or, or being unemployed. Loss of your home or your possessions. Marital problems. Problems with your children or your grandchildren. Sickness or death. I just received a call this morning about some friend of mine who I was his pastor passed away. And they want to know if I can come back and, and do the funeral service. New territories. Some are experiencing sickness because of COVID. In my extended family, in the last week and a half, it is, it's just kind of ravished the Graves family in that my family, extended family that live in Texas, I think there's been eight of them that have gotten COVID, one of which has been in the hospital. It's a new territory, experiencing what we've experienced as a country, friends moving away, your pastor becoming the district superintendent. All of that is, well, for some of you, that's not new territory, but this is new territory for many of you. We're moving into these new territories. 
And some of those territories are, are spiritual territories where we heard the testimony of these two this morning, how God has done something new in your life and the salvation of people coming to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. That's, that's wonderful territory, isn't it? Or coming to the place of recommitting or total surrender. We might call that sanctification where you have surrendered everything to Jesus Christ and your life has been changed. Some of you, that territory is experiencing that transformation that God does in our lives. Aren't you thankful God doesn't leave us where we were, but he continues to grow us up and mature us and transform us more and more into his very image and likeness. In all of our territories, we, we will experience those territories. But in all of those territories, whether they're pleasant, whether they're painful, whether they're spiritual or physical, in all of our new territories, we need to hear God's word. And what is his word? Look at chapter 3, look at verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that, listen, so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Let me just say to you this morning, wherever you are in your life, in your journey, whatever new territory you may be moving into, let me just assure you of this, that the Lord God is with you. And the announcement that we need to hear this morning is that the Lord is present with us. Aren't you thankful for that? that he is with us each and every day. No matter what's going on around us, we can be assured of this. God is with us. But we also see the amazement. Look at verse 5. Not only is the Lord present with us, not only is the Lord going to be with us, but he wants to do some amazing things in your life and in my life and all of our new territories. Look at verse 5. And Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, I love this, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? That's pretty exciting. You think about how God had worked in the lives of the, the children of Israel, how God had called Moses from being a shepherd of his father-in-law's sheep on the, in the desert and called Moses to come and how he helped Moses to deliver the children of Israel from slavery, from the hands of Pharaoh. Think about this, that Pharaoh would come to the place where he would let his entire workforce leave. And not only did they leave, but they took the riches of Egypt with them as they left. How did that happen? Well, God was behind it all. God was one who not only spoke to Moses and said, go back to Egypt. God was not only the one who sent all of the plagues until finally Pharaoh said, get out of here. But it was God who delivered them. In Acts chapter 7, I was reading one day and I saw this and I thought, when, when did God put this in the Bible? Is, have you ever ever done that? You, I mean, you've read it over and over again and all of a sudden you, you read it again. You say, when did that get in there? It happened to me when I read this in Acts chapter 7. It's on the screen. Watch this. Verse 35. This is the same Moses 
whom they had rejected with the words, who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their ruler and their deliverer by God himself. Through the angel who appeared to him in the bush, he led them out of Egypt. He did wonders and miraculous signs in Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the desert. Who was the one who sent Moses? God. Who was the one who delivered them? God. Who was the one who provided for them? God. And we think of all of the miracles that God did for them as he saved the firstborn from the death angel that passed over, for, for God leading them by a cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire at night, for God destroying Egypt's army and Pharaoh and all of his troops, to the feeding of that multitude of people. He provided water from a rock. He sent manna every morning. He got the quail to fly in so they had meat to eat. He cared for them. He protected them. He defeated their enemies. All of this was God's presence, but also God's power in their lives. And my friends, I want you to know something this morning. No matter where you are, what territories you may be entering or you're presently in, I want you to know that in, down every quarter of significant change, listen, God wants to do amazing things in your life. You believe that? Say amen if you believe that. Amen. Nah, he might do that for some other people, but he's sure not going to do that for me. I've never seen him do amazing things. Well, just buckle up and start looking because God wants to do some amazing things in your life, things that you can't even begin to think or imagine or dream of right now. God wants to do some amazing things in your life and through your life. God wants to do some amazing things in your church. Can I get an amen for that? Well, I don't think so. He just took our pastor. I mean, how can he do amazing things? We were doing, we were doing all right until that thing happened and that, that David Graves appointed him as a district superintendent. Listen, do you believe that God is still alive? Do you believe that just as God brought you, Reverend Lloyd Brock, to this church, that God has someone for you as a church? Do you believe that God is finished with you as a church? No way. God is just beginning to do some amazing things. And has he done in the past? <laughs> he is faithful to do it in the present and in the future. And so we come today in all of the things that we're experiencing and the changes. And regardless of our age, regardless of our background, regardless of our talent, regardless of our spirit, listen, God will provide God is present and God wants to do some amazing things in your life and through your church amen, amen. but there's a third thing that we need to hear and that is the acknowledgement that is found in chapter 4 if you look at chapter 4 beginning with verse 4 so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. You know, there were 12 tribes of Israel. So he had a representative from each tribe. And he said to them, 
go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Now, let me ask you, it, it, they tell us in the scripture that the, the Jordan was at flood tide. How would you like to have been one chosen to be first? <laughs> well, we need some people who are willing to step into the flood waters. We, we need to, to have some people of faith. You might say, well, I don't want to be that one, but maybe God needs you to be that one. That you just step out in faith and believe that God is going to do some amazing things. In obedience, you are willing to say, God, use me. Well, I'm not old enough. He didn't say anything about age here. He just said, are you willing to step out? And so what happens? So each one of you in the middle of the Jordan, each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of Israel to serve as a sign among you. And in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. The sign, God told Joshua, hey, I want you to build a memorial. And I believe that God wants us to build memorials to him in, in, to, in all these new territories of our lives. To remember that the past hurdles have been cleared and that there's a new promised land, a, a land of milk and honey that must be claimed. And for you as a church, the past is the past, but God wants you to move into a new future because there's still people in this area that need to know Jesus Christ. There's still families that need to be changed. There's still a mission to be accomplished. The mission has not stopped. The mission is still the mission, not just for ourselves, but for the Lord that we need to plant a memorial and say, praise God. Be to God for all that's happened in the past, but we're going to move forward to claim what God has for us as individuals. You know, it's one thing for us as individuals to come to the place in our spiritual lives where we say, it's enough, enough. Yeah, it's, I don't need to grow anymore. I don't need to serve anymore. I don't need to pray anymore. I've done that for a long time. Let somebody else do it. No, 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 no. We need to continue to press forward. We need to continue to pray. We need to continue to reach out to our friends and our neighbors and, and those that God sends into our lives. We thank God for what he's doing in this church, but he is not finished. And he needs every one of you to not only believe that he is present with you, that he wants to do some amazing things through your life, but we need some of you to speak plant a stake today and say, God, use me so that the mission can continue on. I'll, I'll never forget uh, July 20th, 1969. How many of you were not around in 1969? Raise your hand. How many of you were not even thought of in 1969? Yeah. Yeah. How many of you were around in 1969? Yeah, me too. <laughs> On that night, a large crowd gathered in my parents' home. We crowded into our living room in Gary, Indiana. 
And we gathered around a black and white, some of you have never seen one of those, a black and white console television. It was about four feet long, and the screen was about this big. <laughs> we gathered around that television to watch a historic night, history in the making. And with great excitement, we watched Neil Armstrong and Edwin Aldrin Jr. land the Apollo 11 lunar module, and we heard these words, the eagle has landed. And we watched in that fuzzy black and white picture is they left the module unit and they explored for the first time the surface of the moon. And they made that step. And he said, a small step for man, a giant step for mankind. But that wasn't the highlight of it all. Because I'll never forget, as, as Armstrong took the American flag and he planted it on the surface of the moon. And when he did, he was not just acknowledging that territory for himself, but for the United States of America. That flag became a memorial for a great accomplishment. And my friends, as we move down these quarters of significant change, whether as individuals, whether as families, as couples, and now you as a church, you know what you need to do? You need to plant a flag. You need to plant a memorial. And on that flag, will not be the stars and stripes of the United States of America. But could we simply put on there, Jesus is Lord. And believe that all that his faithfulness in the past, he's going to be faithful today in all of our new territories. And he's going to be faithful in all of our tomorrows. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this wonderful church. We thank you for the great history they have and for all that they've accomplished and all the lives that have been changed down through these years. We thank you for the tremendous ministry that you have given to them, not only here in Pekin, but in this whole area and the ministries that they are doing and how you're blessing and using them. But Lord, we, we believe with all of our hearts that you're not finished, you're not done, you've not forsaken, but you are ready to move them into a new land, a new territory. And with that new territory, you are saying to every one of us today, no matter where we are personally, where, what we are going through personally, you're saying to us personally, but also as a corporately as a church, you're reminding us that you are with us. And that not only are you with us, 
but that you want to continue to do amazing things through this church and through these people. And so today, Lord, on this Sunday morning, we just want to once again plant a flag, build a memorial, and say you are still Lord and that you are going to do some amazing things and Lord, I pray that there will be those who will, will take the responsibility in their own personal lives to, to move out in faith, believing that you are going to do some things that we can't even think or imagine today. Lord, we pray that you would continue to lead the leadership of this church. Lord, we know that you already know who you would like to come as the next pastor to lead them into this promised land of, of a continued ministry and the mission that you have given to them. So Lord, I pray that you would give those that are working on the process, that you would give them wisdom. I pray that you would even now begin to speak into the heart of the, those that you would want to come to lead this great congregation. And Lord, may we all be able just to believe with all of our hearts that the best is yet to come because you are our Lord of all. We love you today. We thank you, Father, that you have been with us in all of these different changes that we have experienced as a country and we've experienced as families. Lord, we ask that you would continue just to manifest your glory among our midst and in this church. And for all that you're going to do, Lord, we give you honor, glory, and praise. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.